The Very Serious Crafts podcast is on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes, and more. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Katie Greenbean. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins podcast. Today, today, <clears throat> today we'll be talking about the portable delight that is English paper piecing. Yes, I'm very excited about this. But also, me too. Before that's what I should be doing right now. Oh yeah, you could be doing that right now. I could. My travel kit's behind me. There you go. Uh, but before we start heading down that, another delight that I mm-hmm. wanted to share with everyone, the two yes. of you and all of our listeners, um, is that I have been upping my dad joke game uh, around my Uh-oh. family. And uh, and it is thanks to, I, I think it's Fit Dad CEO on Instagram, <laughs> which is a really interesting account to follow as I am neither fit nor a dad nor a CEO. But um, is this person actually all of those things? I I think maybe definitely he's okay. got like some like dad fitness things going on. Um, but he has taught me. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I know, but um, he has taught me where I should store all of my dad jokes. Do you know where I should store my dad jokes? Um, no. In the database. Oh dear. The data base. <laughs> Sorry. We like dad jokes wow. around here. I just had to. I had to. <laughs> That's all. I That's love all. a good database. <laughs> all right. Before we jump into talking, we want to give a shout out to our serious friend of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, who is supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Cheryl. You're the best. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank Yay. you, Cheryl. So, shall we talk about English paper piecing? Oh my goodness, yes, please. Yes, yes. Because I love it. It's Me maybe too. one of my favorite. I think it's my favorite non-work specific, like extracurricular craft. Hmm. Good and it's one of the only things that I can allow myself to do and not turn it into work. Hmm. <laughs> we I all need that. more of those crafts in our lives. Yes. Yes. And let's be clear, that's because I don't ever finish any projects. <laughs> Familiar. <laughs> That is a, that is definitely one, um, one of the downsides of English paper piecing is that it can be a hard to finish type of craft. Unless then that could be, that could be one of the plus sides as well, that it is a perpetual project. That is true. Indeed. I mean, yeah, I definitely know people who have... Like, you know, the embroidery floss organizer, like bobbin holder um, containers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know people who have those just filled row after row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That feels familiar. <laughs> well, mine is diamonds. But I have one of those containers that is, it's larger than the floss boxes. So it accommodates the shape that I have. And yes, there are many, many diamonds in there. Can I ask a question? Yes. Are we assuming that everyone listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast knows what English paper piecing is? Because this English person didn't know until that... fairly recently. Yeah, that's true. We did make that assumption because maybe we've talked about it before, but okay, so that could I'm, be inaccurate. I'm new to here, assume. and I, even though I have done some English paper piecing. I'm still not entirely sure that I know what it is because I've also heard of foundation paper piecing. I don't know what that is and I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, so English paper piecing versus foundation paper piecing. Yes. Uh, the biggest difference is English paper piecing is almost exclusively a hand sewing endeavor, while foundation paper piecing, I've only ever heard of doing with a sewing machine. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, I think so. I actually I guess I have done foundation piecing but not in its <laughs> purest form. Yeah. So foundation pe paper paper piecing, you have a a paper printed template with all of the different elements or, you know, shapes that you will sew together to make a quilt like something yeah i mean it's quilt. it's a form of quilting both of these are really um and you take the pieces of fabric and you layer them together and put them behind the paper and you sew over those lines so that you can have like really accurate sewn especially small pieces and odd shapes um and you don't have to worry about cutting things really precisely and having really accurate seam allowances because it just kind of handles it and then you tear the paper away and reveal yeah. this thing and it's you usually work like from the center and work out and it builds and it's amazing and I've done a little like one tiny thing of it and it's the people who design those patterns I can't wrap my head around but we're talking English paper piecing in which you take paper templates and attach them to fabric in some way temporarily you mm -hmm. fold the edges of the fabric around the templates to give yourself these nice crisp shapes. Then you stitch those pieces together and remove the papers, generally. Not always. Okay. Yes? This is a good yeah. working definition? Yeah, I think so. Um... All right. I'm going to blame him. There you go. For my, uh, for all of this. My... My gigantic black cat has caused chaos <laughs> while he's napping. Are you sure it wasn't my tiny black dog while he was napping? Well, it also might be my not dissimilarly colored other cat, also named Jack. There you go. They are actually very similarly colored, <laughs> my Jack and your Jack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, I don't remember where we were. Um, English paper piecing. English paper piecing. So, um, I... Th we were talking I about Molly having a stash of diamonds. Oh, thank you. Yeah. There yeah, you go. So you've got a box of I've got diamonds. a box of diamonds. And, and I definitely have 
a pouch filled with hexi flowers mm-hmm. that and, have no purpose. <laughs> and Katie, being the newbie, you have none of these. I have a yet. pouch. Okay. Okay, oh, what's in your pouch? It's a good uh, start. Three, three octagons. Ooh. That, that is a uh-huh. bold first uh, shape. Is it? I will say. Is it? I've only done octagons. Um, I think most people start with hexagons. Well, yeah. I didn't want to be like most people. Well, uh, I think that's fine. <laughs> I've never although, done an octagon. I will say, I think Mel, is it Gedrich? Yes. Yeah? Mm, yeah, um, I think so. When she did her her quilting podcast, I think they started with squares. They did start with squares. And I've also yeah. done some squares. And now I understand why squares are a little more complicated. Because they yeah. don't... They, corners, corners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, mm. there's a lot of uh, surface tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and lots of extra... Complications. Like, flappy... Like extra fabric at those corners that yeah mm, yeah oh yes but you can fold them in nicely at a point that must have a name I don't know what it is though well on the like um, when... Mel Gedroich podcast they were calling them hospital corners which they definitely aren't but <laughs> no but I no see what I were... make my bed with hospital corners yeah <laughs> that is not what that is <laughs> it, yeah it, in fact uh, hexagons come closer to hospital corners in the angles that you get going there mm, i think that's but, true um yeah um all right so i i clearly did not look at what we had written down as things to talk about in regards to this until this moment uh-huh and katie your notes here are excellent i i like what you've had to, <laughs> you have to say <laughs> would you like to share with the listeners uh sure so Despite knowing Molly for a, a great number of years, I think it might be 10 years, it might even be more, I yeah. finally both started and finished my first English paper piecing project in the past week. Ooh. Uh-huh. It was a cushion cover. And I don't know if this is how people normally approach their English paper piecing projects, but I made it up. So I cut the templates myself based mm-hmm. on a design that I had in my head. And mm-hmm. I used tweed fabric, so scraps of tweed that I had left over from dressmaking. So I used a quite a heavy card rather than a paper because yeah. folding thick tweed yeah. around a piece of paper is not going to be fun. No, yeah, I usually use cardstock so yeah. I can just use them over yep. and over again. Me too. But what I learned from Molly's Instagram this week is that you could maybe use a bit of glue to temporarily stick your fabric to your paper and help hold it in place while you are basting it. Water-soluble glue sticks. I did not know that. And I did some very kind of gymnastic hands to try and hold tweed in place while I folded over corners and... (laughs) stitched it yeah. and made it all stay where I wanted it to. Because you said yeah. you didn't even pin it in place, did you? No. Nope. I just held it there. <laughs> that's that's actually really impressive. Thanks. To, yeah. I, I mean well that you did tweed also. Yes. Like <laughs> you picked a difficult fabric, you made it up, like the design, <laughs> and then you neither pinned 
nor I mean, you could have even basted the center if you want to. I mean, yeah, I could have but <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> so I'm impressed, and mm-hmm. it um, it's the one that you posted on your Instagram, right? It is. Now, all of this is to say that any of mm-hmm. your listeners who maybe have not tried English paper piecing, I think it's a totally great craft that you could just throw yourself in the deep end with, even though you've never yeah. tried it before. Yes. It was a lot of fun. And you say that tweed wasn't an ideal fabric, but it did kind of mush into the corners really easily. And I'm not sure if that statement will make sense to anyone who hasn't done English paper piecing. <laughs> but but if if you have done English paper piecing, then you're like, ooh, it's yeah. going to yeah. mush into the corners really easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that, that's true. Um, just for the record, for anyone who might be interested in trying English paper piecing. I have done an extremely uh, detailed with s- photo step outs and I think also gifts sometimes <gasps> of the entire process of English paper piecing. I used hexagons in my tutorial from pieces of paper and fabric all the way to a completely finished um, English paper piecing travel kit that you can take along to do your English paper piecing. Yes. So go um, go to Haley's site for that because yeah. it's excellent. Where presumably I would have learned that I could have used such tools as a bit of basting or some glue to help. Yes, you yes. certainly would have learned about glue um it's funny that like just thinking about my first english paper piecing projects um i was taught english paper piecing by diane gilliland and people might i mean she's she's a recognizable name um, literally wrote the book on english paper piecing yes literally Um, I'm in that book. I didn't know um, that, by the way. Yeah, you know, the uh, the scarf with hexagon piecing in pinks and grays is me. Okay. Or, okay. She designed it. I made it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and the book is, for listeners, is called All Points Patchwork. And if you yes. are at all interested in English paper piecing, just go on Amazon and order it right now. It's amazing. It's the best. It, like, I literally, it I use it so as good. like a textbook. Yep. It, I can't think of a better resource that I've found. And I mean, I wrote an exhaustive tutorial, but it has nothing on just the breadth and depth of knowledge in Diane's book. Yeah. And the projects are so good. Um, and if you have been in sort of the crafty world or even the podcasting world for a while um diane used to have a podcast called crafty pod and it was one of the very first craft related podcasts so if her name sounds familiar that might be why and so she taught me because i for reasons somewhat unclear was in portland oregon oh it was back when I worked in book publishing. It was for uh, a, the Public Library Association trade show, I believe. Um, and it was in Portland. So it just so happened that at that time, 
so many of the big names in crafting all lived there. But um, I really wanted to learn English paper piecing because Diane talked about it pretty frequently. And so at this little coffee shop, this in like small army of crafters all took over an entire section and sat there for hours just hanging out, crafting and teaching each other skills that we didn't have. Amazing. And so uh, the thing that I learned was English paper piecing. And since that moment, I have just, I, I just haven't stopped. It's yeah. such a soothing, anybody who likes like sharp corners and really precisely measured things, mm -hmm. and I really do, English paper piecing is such a soothing, soothing activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love, I love the shapes that you can put together in different ways and how, I mean, the geometry of it all is, is. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And during that time, because um, English paper piecing was sort of returning to popularity in the craft world at that time as well. And so, like, all of the big die-cut machine makers were making English paper piecing dies that cut both fabric and paper at the same time, mm -hmm. which was really cool. And I still have a bunch of those, and I have... Um, the oh um a couple of different AccuQuilt machines that also are set up to do that kind of thing so you can get really precise things <laughs> and it is oh it just makes my heart happy see and this is interesting because i of course like my paper pieces or i also use cardstock um i can't think of when I've ever used no, very, very early on, I used paper. And then I quickly learned that card was better. Um, but uh, I oh, like you those. You just don't want to cut out over and over again if you can well, make a reusable. Yes. Not to mention the paper, it, it is harder to get it yeah. nice and tight. You can still yes. bend that paper. Right? Much harder. Um, which, okay, just an aside, because I love this detail. Mm -hmm. um, that historically, and Haley, I'm sure you know this, but, um, the, when women would make English paper piecing quilts, they would use, um, uh, like catalog pages mm -hmm. or magazine pages because they were reusing that paper. And, um, so one of the ways that you can tell the age of an antique paper piece quilt is a lot of times they would leave the papers in. And so those old quilts will have like a rustling sound from the paper still being in there, which I think is just fascinating. Oh yeah. It's, it's really cool. I've seen some uh, at the American folk art museum there many years ago was a quilt specific exhibition and there was there were quite a few hexagon-specific, like, English paper-piecing projects, like Grandmother's Flower Garden or mm -hmm. any of the five million names that particular quilt design has. Um, 
and some just straight hexagon quilts, uh, and they were made by soldiers. Oh, cool. Because uh, I believe Civil War soldiers, mm-hmm. because there were like worn fabrics and scraps and they were cold. And so there's a whole history of that as well. And I would imagine that they must have some fascinating paper inside them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in a similar, in a similar vein, a lot of times I see people and I've done this as well, where, you know, you save extra pieces of cardstock or like, you know, the little postcards that will come in magazines or whatever that you can just use those as your, um, as your cardstock, similar to using magazine pages, but a little more sturdy. And what I was going to say was I like the precision of using, you know, well-cut cardstock pieces, but I am a little less fussy in my seam allowance cuts of the fabric that makes sense. yeah i can go back and forth on that it depends on what i'm going to be i guess it depends on whether or not i'm photographing it Mm -hmm. um in process Uh uh-huh but also sometimes i am really precise and sometimes that's not as important yeah and traveling anything that i've made like actually not sitting in my studio space isn't as precisely cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oh, it's uh, it's my favorite. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, going back to the the gluing, um I will have like a stack of templates and I pull out my glue stick and I like stick the glue stick down onto the template which picks it up and I put a little dab of glue on there stick it on my fabric, and then I, I repeat that and put a whole bunch of them and just kind of try to space them as evenly as possible. And then I and that cut them sense, all apart yeah. in, one, uh, in one big grouping. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes pretty fast, I have to say. Yeah, that's true. And I've definitely done that as well. Do you have a favorite hand quilting thread that you use? Um. I use Coates and Clark hand quilting thread. Me too, most of the time. I also, there are a couple of, I mean, I don't know. They were just Brooklyn hipster bait, really, at the the craft store. Um, But there's a brand of hand quilting thread and the labels have long since disappeared. So I don't actually know what they are that still come on wooden spools that are, um, uh, stiffened with beeswax Mm. to make it, to make it more easy to tie knots and, um, to make it a bit more sturdy. Yeah. And those are really pretty and really fun, but I got to say the, Coates and Clark hand quilting is not as, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, not as neat looking, but really gets the job done. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've always been happy with, with it. Uh, Katie, what kind of thread did you go for when you stitched yours together? 
now that we're now that we're offering our expert opinions um, i went for whatever was lying around in my sewing box i didn't mm. know that you would there was such a thing as specific hand quilting thread so it's a little bit heavier yeah um so it's it's stronger so those seams that you're piecing together don't rip makes as sense easily makes sense yeah. um excuse me i'm gonna have to attend to my dog okay <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I like I like that there's a dog appearance today. Me too. Yeah. Well, I I'm sure that the thread that you used will be just fine. And also, how is Jack? Jack is lovely. Okay, good. Jack can't see a podcast mm -hmm. without wanting to be on it. So, <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Jack is the star of. Well. I guess the co-star. No, he, no, he's the star. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Dogs always win. Yeah. <laughs> Jack just doesn't realize this is audio only. And, I know. I and know. He's gonna have to say something if he wants to really be in here. But it's okay. We won't encourage that too much. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about? Yeah, I. I want to ask why it's see? called English. Okay, I, I have the answer. Good. Oh, have, good. Because I, I don't. I have. I, I mean, I don't personally just know this off the top of my head. I looked this up because I. Uh, I full disclosure. Uh, I'm. I don't just carry this information around in my head. You Although do now, now. I will. Now I will. <laughs> so this is from. I've found this on the website sewandquilt.co.uk. It says English paper piecing is the traditional Tom time honored technique of quilt making by hand using paper templates, thought to date back to England in the 1700s. Um, it's, and that's when the, the hexagon pattern came about. Uh, it became popular in Europe and the U.S. during the last quarter of the seven, of the 18th century, mm -hmm. when all things English became highly fashionable. Of course. And that's why they think the name English paper piecing was coined. So. Wait, the 18th century? Uh, last quarter of the 18th century. Yes. So um, late 1700s. Like when we were fighting the revolutionary yeah. war yeah that's when it that's when it uh but huh. but maybe yeah i don't know like that's the last quarter would be exactly that time yep that's what i'm saying but i uh, you know that's what they're saying on this so i, I, I mean fine yeah maybe they i, I don't know i would i would have thought at that point that that the americans would have been ditching that but uh well they ditched the monarchy yeah i guess they just keep the parts they like the style <laughs> but yeah that's that that is this says that is just one thought on how the name english paper piecing was coined but mm -hmm. um but it does it, it is in fact it did originate in england so there you go well that's also another reason sense. for it to bear that name i guess yes but maybe it at that point was just paper piecing or it was also sometimes known as mosaic patchwork mm. cool yeah. yeah so i mean that makes that sounds fancy yeah that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. and also is a really really good excuse for tossing together things that don't match in a way that doesn't make sense because it's art yes there you go <laughs> uh yes um okay let me get your opinion on this, Haley, especially um, before we 
I, I, at this point, um, by the way, it, as you're listening to this, we've had a number of stops and starts on this episode. I literally have no idea how long this episode is right now. So we could be going um, long or short. I don't know. Long. The answer is long. I know we've been recording a long time, but um, oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't and know fine point. how much is episode at this <clears throat> moment. So, Biggie, no, <laughs> leave Jack alone. This is oh. incredible. This is incredible. <laughs> this is the season of anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it must be me. I don't know, unless that was you meowing. Uh, it wasn't me meowing. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> um, have you, um, Haley, ever done the glue basting where you actually use the glue stick or a um, glue line pen around the edges to hold your seam allowance down? And if so, nope. what are your thoughts? No, okay. Um, <clears throat> no, because I don't, Biggie, stop growling, because I don't finish projects quickly enough to trust that the glue won't get brittle and detach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, if I were doing so, oh, you know what? Actually, I did do it once, um, although I... Definitely lied about it in the tutorial. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At my giant hexagon lap quilt, the Uh, seam allowance, I did actually baste it, baste it, like stitch it through the center because the hexagons were like the size of my head. Yeah. But I believe I reinforced that basting with glue to keep everything tight. Okay. I don't know. Have you done it? I have tried it only a little bit, and I found it to be um, sticky. I I ended up, I I ended up the glue. I just couldn't contain it enough. I think (laughs) maybe I didn't have, maybe if I'd had like a really thin glue line pen, but I was just using little edges of the glue stick, and it it was too, it was too much glue. I did. I need a detail glue stick. It sounds to me like something that, like, it sounds like it would be a quick and easy solution, but actually it ends up being more hassle than it's worth. Yeah. I think it takes less time. But just it takes more time. To, it takes more time to remove the papers, though, because you have to peel the yeah. fabric off the, all the sides, too, you know? Oh, I just punch a hole in the it, center and pop them out with the crochet hook but it pulls at the seam allowances too much mm. i've found hmm. so, i think I that at the corners i purposefully wiggle my needle to not get the corners to not stitch through the corners oh no it's not the stitching through the corners it's the it's the way that the the glue holds on to all of your seam allowances oh yeah okay yeah. I see not at the seams but the you know folded over bits so because uh, a lot sense. of times i'll have people ask me about it and i just don't particularly care for that method so much so i'm officially no, publishing i feel it like that would this just <laughs> yeah i don't want to be that sticky yeah yeah and also you don't always wash quilts right like, 
sometimes you do, but sometimes they aren't made for use in the way that other blankets might be. And so if you're not going to wash them, that tackiness is going to attract like dust and dirt and things mm. like that. Yeah. We don't want that. I don't know. I'm making up reasons. I just don't like it. <laughs> okay. That works. That works. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Any other important things that we should be discussing in this? Favorite joining methods? Um, I don't know. What stitch uh, do you fi- use to join? Uh, whip stitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What is... Yeah. Um, I... I have used blanket stitch. Ooh, interesting. Or no, in the invisible hemming yeah. stitch. Yeah. Mattress, okay. mattress stitch. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Ladder stitch. Yeah. Ladder stitch. Yeah, ladder stitch is what I'm thinking. Or of. sometimes mm-hmm. slip stitch, depending on which uh, medium you are working in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. True. Um, I have used that. I have used running stitch, catching. I've never both. used running stitch. It's it makes a bulkier seam. Which sometimes is okay, other times not so much. Um, I'm usually going for invisible seams, but I always reinforce the corners. I always do two stitches um, very, very close together at the corners. Mm -hmm. But my stitching is also notoriously tiny and notoriously precise. Mine too. Yeah. uh, And in fact, I've talked with um, Becca of... Hugs are fun about this because mm-hmm. um, she does or has done a fair amount of English paper piecing as well. And we talked about the number of stitches that we will put into an inch as compared to <laughs> what a lot of other people do. And sometimes we look at it and we're like, are we really like, is this mega overkill? Maybe. Are we going to change? Probably not. I will say that the one project that I didn't do that with was the giant hexi lap quilt and at least one seam has given out ah so and i mean it's also bulky but it's not that big it, it's a lap quilt yeah so i feel pretty justified i now also feel justified mm-hmm. and i feel Katie- duly warned yeah, I was going to say, now Now we're going to, to judge you approximately how many stitches were you putting in your, uh, you can do centimeters if that would be more pleasant for you. No, do you know what? I worked, I did it all in inches. My stitches are about a millimeter apart. Okay. And Yeah, I was a little bit more relaxed than that. Okay. Okay. But yours also isn't going to get, like, it's decorative. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... yeah, that was one of the things we talked about mm-hmm. uh, when Katie was making decisions about certain things here, and I was like, "It's it's a cushion cover." Yeah, it's, it's not be fine. Yeah, it's not going to have loads of wear and tear, and it's not going to be washed or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. no, and the fabric has sort of almost a protective fluffiness that quilting cotton doesn't have Mm -hmm. well yeah so you can't see the seams i mean you can see where they are but you can't see the actual stitching so it's but also i think it's like yeah makes friends with itself what is what are the words i'm looking for (laughs) um the fibers will mesh together and it will there um 
help itself to reinforce it the seams. Felt. Yeah. That's the one. Well, I was I wasn't gonna say it because I, as we were talking But is it the cuticle opens yeah. and interlocks? Yeah, I did I may have said to Katie, I wonder what it would be like if you were to intentionally felt your finished English paper piecing. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Could be interesting. I imagine that you wouldn't want to have that stitch density then. You would want to have significantly more space since the fibers are going to contract upon yes. each other. So yeah. I think you would end up with some weird puckering if you had as many stitches per inch as we tend to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that would look really cool. And now I want, now I want you to try it. Katie. Oh, don't worry. I fully <laughs> intend to try it. Okay. Excellent. Right. Thank you. Good. Good. <laughs> um, all right. I feel like this should be last call for this episode. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I feel like we have, and this episode just needs to be allowed to go to the light. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just that, well... Yeah, we're not going to say too much. We're going to leave it. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so uh, I, I'm going to usher it in that general direction okay. at this moment. All right, thank you. <laughs> yes, so thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, which honestly, if you're still with us at this point, you <laughs> definitely are, um, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And for the record, for those of you who may be considering leaving a review the very serious crafts podcast is a crafting comedy podcast yes just to clarify uh -huh. okay we love you yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs>